The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about healing grief with help from the other side. And I am so thrilled. We have a wonderful guest with us. We have another very holistic attorney like I consider myself. We have Mark Anthony, who is the psychic lawyer. He is a psychic medium in in addition to be uh, an attorney and mediator like me. And he specializes in communication with spirits. He is descended from a long line of psychics and mediums that have been helping people connect with deceased loved ones for over 100 years. And his new book, which I have right in front of me, it's great. What a great cover. It's beautiful. It's called Never Letting Go, Heal Grief with Help from the Other Side by Mark Anthony. And he also has a video called Never Letting Go, and that can be viewed by visiting neverlettinggo.com. So Mark has conscientiously given tried to expand his psychic gifts, and he has even studied at the prestigious Arthur Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science in England. He is a successful attorney and certified mediator, and he has been both a defense and prosecuting attorney, and he has his solid experience with a wide range of criminal offenders from shoplifters to carjackers to murderers, And his professional life has really been enhanced by this exceptional intuition that he has. His psychic gifts have provided him with a unique outlook on criminal behavior, as well as an uncanny empathy for the murder victim's family. So this is really wonderful. And I had a great conversation before we even started this interview, and he actually did a little bit of psychic reading for me, for my family who came through. So that was very, very special. So thank you so much for joining us, Mark. Thank you, Mari. It's really great to be here, and I'd like to say hello to all the listeners out in California, and um, namaste. Yes, joining us all the way from the other coast, from from Florida, so we really uh, love this. So what, what about being a psychic lawyer? I know you know you get a kick out of this, Mark. When I tell people I'm a holistic lawyer, they tell me, isn't that an oxymoron? So what about you when they say you're a psychic lawyer? What do they think about that? It's amazing the reactions that I get. Some people it's negative, some people it's positive. But, you know, there's a misconception. And, Mari, you're one of the attorneys that breaks the misconception. And that's what I'm trying to do as well, that all 
lawyers are these vampiric, money-sucking, <laughs> you know, greedy, negative type of people that would cut you in two for 20 bucks. Yeah, the shark image. Yes. And that's, that is, a, is an unfortunate stereotype, and there may be people who fall into that category. But what I do is, as a lawyer, my job is to help people with their legal problems, and I have specialized in criminal defense, so basically they're criminal problems. I've also done personal injury, and I've dealt with many people whose lives have been shattered by death. As a psychic medium, what I do is I communicate with the other side to facilitate contact between people here and people on the other side, which can be a tremendous source of resolve and healing. Yes, and it can be healing old conflicts, too. If someone passes and there is a conflict between a mother and a daughter or two sisters or something, is there any way that that kind of conflict can be healed when you do this mediumship? Absolutely, and there's a story that I'd like to tell. I was uh, doing a reading for this woman, and her mother's spirit came through. It was very obvious to me in the reading that the mother had been an alcoholic because uh, of the imagery I was seeing, and the client confirmed this. She said, yes, my mother was a severe alcoholic. And I said, you know, it's interesting. I don't really see her, the, the images she's projecting, I don't see you with her um, after, you know, after like your teen years. Well, she died of, of liver disease when I was 14. Mm. And then I saw a tangerine. A tangerine, the image of a tangerine was projected to me, and it was very specific. You know, when you see an orange fruit that looks like citrus, it would have been too easy to say uh, orange, but I heard tangerine, tangerine. So I said that, and she said, well, this is very interesting. Every Christmas, I would get a stocking with a tangerine in it from mm. Santa Claus. Mm. I said, well, that's really great. Well, not really, because when I was six years old, my father took me to church on Christmas Eve, and I came home, and Mom was passed out drunk on the floor next to a bag of tangerines in my stocking. Oh. And, and that's how I found out about Santa Claus. Oh. And then a message came through. She was asking not only forgiveness, but she said, thank you for what you still do with tangerines. And she goes, she knows about that? And I could see the tears in her eyes, and she says, I still put tangerines in the stockings of my children and my grandchildren. And she goes, oh, Mom, I do love you. I do forgive you. And it was just the most mm. heart-wrenching yet, yet beautiful thing at the same time because while it was a painful memory, there was this vindication. And, and what I saw was a healing going on, not just for the woman I was doing the reading for here, but also from the spirit on the other side who sought the forgiveness. You know, she basically said and explained to me how, you know, how, how her life had been so tortured, and that's why she was an alcoholic, and how she had finally received the forgiveness on the other side, and her daughter here not only forgiving her, also forgave herself for being so bitter. And so I, 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 I like to think of that as the sweet taste of forgiveness. And yes. sometimes it tastes like a tangerine. <laughs> and, oh, that is so beautiful because in every kind of conflict that we know that we deal with as, as attorneys, there, if there is forgiveness, it is transformative. It transforms that conflict into new opportunities. For the woman that, whose mother passed on, it was still a new opportunity for her to feel good about her mother. 
And that was a new opportunity maybe that would change her life and how she treated her own children. So what a, what a blessing that is. You know, I wonder, Mark, a lot of people don't know the difference between a psychic and a medium. Could you kind of explain that for people? Uh, in a nutshell, if you want to find out what's going on in your love life and your career, see a psychic. If you want to talk to dead people, see a medium. <laughs> I mean, that, that's in it. So, so let me explain what I mean by that. Both, every medium is also a psychic, but not every psychic has mediumistic ability because mediumship is the ability to tune into the frequency of the other side and tune into the energy of a third party, which is a spiritual entity. Right. Whereas what a psychic does is a psychic tunes into the energy, the frequency, if you will, of a person, place, or thing. So while both psychics and mediums employ the same type of energetic connections, it's just a different frequency. So think about it this way. Um, psychics are AM, mediums are yeah. FM. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. So I have to tell you a cute story. Um, I, I, I'm a real believer that you know, that there are people that we do go on the other side, and I believe everything that you say in your book, and it's wonderful. And I remember um, when my sister died, um, I I went to the cemetery where my parents are, because my sister's in Chicago, but my parents are out here, and I thought I would go visit and talk to all of them, you know. And um, I had told my nephew and niece, ask for a sign, and, and my sister will show you a sign. So my nephew asked in the midwinter, he asked for a sign of a flower and he went out to see her and there was a little purple flower that was just coming out through the snow. He couldn't believe it. And he was so excited and he called me and he told me and I said, oh my gosh, that is so wonderful. And so then when I went to the cemetery, I said, I want you to show me a sign, guys. I want you to show me something with a bird because we have lots of beautiful birds out here in in California. And I said, show me something. And I was sitting at this bench overlooking the ocean where my parents are buried there. They're in the same cemetery as as John Wayne. And and it overlooks the ocean and it's really beautiful. And I'm sitting there and, and I'm waiting for a bird. Nothing, 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 nothing. I was all, I thought, oh goodness, they're not gonna show me a sign. And I go to my car and all over the front windshield is bird dew. (laughs) and I looked up and I said you guys have a funny sense of humor like that's how you're going to show me with the bird so I you know I'm a believer but I had to laugh and I had to call my nephew and said you get a beautiful flower and I get bird dew you know seagull dew all over the front of my car (laughs) you know spirits communicate from the other side very much like they did when they were here and if people were funny when they were here they communicate from the other side with humor. And if I could tell a real quick story, yeah. I was doing a reading for this lady, and I'll call her Edna, and sort of this rotund little lady. She's really sweet. She's probably almost 70, and her husband, Herb, comes through. And she's crying through the whole reading. And, and this was in a room full of people when I was doing this. Or, I mean, it was like you know a platform work. And she's crying, and I'm giving her all this evidence about him. She goes, but I need to know it's really him. And it's like, I'm thinking, what, what more can I, can, I, can I bring through? So finally I said, well, maybe if you ask Herb a question, it'll help. She goes, yes, yes, I know. What, what did I give him for his last birthday before he died? And the message came right through, and I'm thinking, oh, I can't say this. She goes, what, what is it? He says you gave him a headache. <laughs> 
goes, why, that son of a ma'am. Because <laughs> we're in a room full of people. And she goes, now I know it. <laughs> and, and what it was is she explained that, you know, she goes, here I am suffering, and he's still making jokes. <laughs> Apparently, Herb used to come home, and when she'd be in a bad mood, he'd start teasing her and making jokes, and she'd laugh about it. And so within the next few minutes, she lit up so bright. She goes, now I know. My Herb, he's on the other side. I love you, Herb. And it was really very sweet, but, it, it, you know, and, and so when you're up there as a medium in front of a group of people, you know, you want to always be dignified and respectful. Right. But this was hysterically funny, <laughs> and I was trying not to laugh, but the whole crowd of people burst out laughing, and then, I mean, I just, I was doing my best, and, and uh, but, but it was such a great connection. So, so spirits can be very funny. I mean, people think that what you do and what I do is all very, I will now connect with spirits. It's, you know, it's not like that at all. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, they're people. And they still have a lot of the same personality. Like I said, I knew it was my sister because the big sister is going to play jokes on little sister, you know? So I knew knew it. I thought to myself, okay, she she goes, hey, you're going to test to see if it's real that I'm really okay? I'll show you I'm okay. (laughs) And the number 409 is really closely associated with your sister. Um, I know that she she had um, a very... um, predilection towards cleanliness. Yes. And I keep seeing 409, 409, and I think, well, wait, isn't that that spray cleaner? <laughs> 409. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and, and, and that makes sense because um, what more to to show you that it's her than she makes a mess Yeah. that you have to clean up? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, that's hysterical. We are speaking with Mark Anthony, who is a wonderful attorney. He is a psychic and a medium, and he wrote this fabulous book called Never Letting Go, Help Grief, Heal Grief with Help from the Other Side. And as you heal grief, you heal conflicts, you heal your own inner conflict. A lot of people sometimes feel guilty, don't they, Mark, when somebody dies that maybe they didn't do enough or they didn't say enough, you know, like, I wish I would have told my sister more of I loved her or whatever. Do you ever get that, that they feel like there's something that's not yet said that should have been said? Guilt is a cruel taskmaster, and there can be a lot of feelings of guilt, remorse, regrets when somebody dies. And I I explain that a lot in Never Letting Go. I've I've seen it happen so many times where, where somebody said, their last words to a loved one were in anger. And, and I've had people say things like, well, I wish you would just die. Yeah. And then they do. And I did a reading recently for this couple, and the father and son got into a big argument over the son's drug usage, and then the son left their house and went and hung himself. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, talk about guilt. guilt. Oh, yeah. And, and the connection was very good because the son came through and, you know, basically... Um, from what I could tell, because I can feel this when they connect with me, that when the spirit was here, he had all sorts of psychological issues. And what's good about being an attorney is for, you know, two decades now, I've dealt with drug addicts, alcoholics, bipolar personalities, narcissistic personalities, sociopaths, and I start feeling uh, when the spirit connects, they will give me sensations and and thought patterns, which which identify them as having these type of, of mood disorders. Right. For a lot of the survivors of the families that, that, that are survivors of a suicide, in other words, their loved one committed suicide, it helps them to receive a confirmation that the person who committed suicide was not 
was not rational and was not doing this knowingly and intelligently, I think that that helps. Yes. I've, I've seen that. And, and it helps that they have, they're not doing it to get back at someone. Yes, and, and that is one of the cruelest things anyone could do is to commit suicide as a form of revenge. And people do that. Yeah. And, and what you have to realize is even though you think you might get away with something in this life, there's a great balancing to the universe. And so the evil or the negative, I don't necessarily like using the word evil, but let's say the negative acts you do or the vengeful acts that you do in this side, you, there will be an atoning for that on the other side. So if you go and commit suicide as a form of revenge, right. there are consequences on the other side. And I don't mean eternal damnation and all of that. You know, God is a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant king sitting on a throne smiting people for not donating 10% of their paycheck and right, things right. like that. And, and, you know, and I have tremendous respect for all religions, okay? But, but I, I think that that is too simplistic that you're either good or bad, and you're either, if you're good, you go to heaven, and if you're bad, you get you know, condemned forever. What I find uh, through my work with spirits is that there's a recycling. In other words, I've had a spirit tell me that suicides have to come back, particularly when they've inflicted this upon somebody. So that, that lends itself to a belief in reincarnation, which as a Catholic I was taught not to believe in, right. but as a psychic medium I have to re- keep an open mind. Right, right. So we reap what we sow, so to speak, and we, there is yeah. karma. There is karma. There what is it? karma indeed. Yes, yes. You know what I love? I love that you have two chapters here um, on forgiveness, because forgiveness is so important. I mean, I know that when... My clients can forgive each other at the end of a mediation, and some of sometimes it's a hug, sometimes it's a handshake, sometimes it's just some humor, but there is forgiveness. And you have two chapters, one on receiving forgiveness from the other side, and, that, and the other is forgiving those on the other side. And I think that is such a key to real healing of conflict, isn't it? Absolutely. Forgiveness is, without a doubt, the most complex of all virtues. And I've seen on this side people in lawsuits where I was recently in a mediation, and I know that you're a certified mediator as well, where there was a car accident and the woman that caused the car accident unintentionally killed somebody in one of the cars. Terrible, yeah. And and the family of the victim forgave her. Yes. And and it was very, very tearful, and and, uh, my client... um, very devout Catholic, and it was very. And then the people that forgave her were fundamentalist Christians, and they embraced and and they were forgiving, uh, you know, uh, um, her. And it was truly a beautiful thing. It's such and a blessing, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, you know, and, and what people need to realize about forgiveness is it is a present that you give to yourself. Yes. And and in never letting go, I tell or I write that. Holding anger, hatred, and resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yes. Now, when that person is already dead and you're angry at someone who died, who's really getting hurt then? It's only you. And if you can make a connection with the other side through a legitimate medium, you can resolve that. And conversely, uh, there are spirits who request forgiveness from the other side. And I do write about that in the chapter about a a woman who came to me for a reading and her 11-year-old son was murdered by a serial killer. Mm. 
that that's there. And I don't, you know, I don't want to get into the story there because it's something that people really need to read. Yes. In my my new best-selling book, Never Letting Go. Yes, um, yes. But but um, it it is, it is such a blessing and such a, such a gift to the person on the other side. I I had Azim Kamisa on my show. I don't know if you know who he is, but his son was 18 years old delivering a pizza, and he was killed by a 14-year-old gang member who had to kill to get into the gang. And he was able to forgive this young man who did this and started a foundation with the young man's grandfather. And they have been teaching people, teaching kids in the San Diego schools about not joining gangs and about their story. And they are working together, the grandfather of the young man who killed Azim's son are working together to transform because he said that the victim, his son was a victim, but also the 14 year old was a victim. And his books are just heart wrenching as well, just as much as your stories. So forgiveness is so important. And, and what, what a blessing to be able to be that, that intermediary that you are to be able to be a medium, to bring that forgiveness when someone is on the other side, oh gosh, it's it's got to be your ticket to heaven, <laughs> right? Well, I, I, you know, it's it's interesting that that you say that because I, you know, I've actually, believe it or not, never really thought about that um, in that context. I look at myself as a radio, and what happens, and and this is this is an important point for I think a lot of the listeners. I, I do readings for people. Let let's say some parents whose son has died. And because the son is communicating with me and I'm conveying the messages, after the reading, I notice the family starts treating me as if they, I am their son. Yes. And they start regarding me that way. And I understand that, and I, and I respect that. But what they need to know is that I'm just a radio. So if a song that you love comes through the radio, do you love the radio or do you love the song? Right. And... So that's why, like, my book is entitled Never Letting Go. It's a twofold message. You must let go of the sorrow associated with the death. And that's a hard thing to do. Right. We get very caught up in how our loved ones died and why they died, and, and, and the actual the cause of death can plague us for our entire lives. Right. But that's what you have to let go of. What you must never let go of is the love that you have for the person that meant so much to you. Yes, yes. That that initial grief of the loss, but then the the connection and the the, the love trans transcends the other side, right? It really, yes. Not not even death can kill love, mm. and that's what people need to understand is that love does truly transcend physical death. And you know, I dedicated the book to my mother, who was a psychic medium, and. You know, her death was just devastating. I mean, you know, the death of anyone's mother is devastating. Of but course. my mother and I were particularly close because of the psychic connection. Right. I mean, we used to communicate on a nonverbal. I'd be at work, and the, you know, I'd be like, "I just, God, I can't stand this job." And the phone would ring. And mom's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, it just, you know, would happen like that. Um. And she, she and I were having a discussion before she died, about five years before she died, actually, and. I said, you know, Mom, your faith is so clear. She goes, well, Mark, you know, you're like me. I said, I know, but I don't have the faith that you do. And she said, well, I'll prove to you that the other side exists. And I go, and how do you propose to do that? 
said, I'll contact you. Oh. And she did and does. And, and, you know, some people say, well, doesn't that creep you out? Doesn't that weird you out? And it's like, what? Because someone who loves me is proving to me that life is everlasting. Oh, it's beautiful. And that you go to heaven <laughs> and that when it's your time to die, that you cross into the light and that God exists. Please tell me how any of that's creepy. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Let me ask you something, because you're still a practicing lawyer or mediator, right? So how do you how do you deal with it? And how does this psychic energy and this mediumship, how does that, you know, uh, blend with your practice? I look at it as we're all given a skill set. And, uh, I, you know, it's like Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer. He's got big feet, okay? <laughs> and, and that, you know, he, the guy swims like a torpedo. Um, is that an unfair advantage or is that part of the skill set he's been given? Mm-hmm. I, I've been given... Uh, this gift of being able to communicate with spirits. And I find it very helpful, particularly like when I'm picking a jury. And in Chapter 1 of Never Letting Go, I talk about I was um, defending this gentleman charged in a barroom brawl. He wasn't a bad guy. And I live in Florida, so he was redneck A, and he beat up redneck B in a bar. Right. Equal combat between two men. He wasn't some creepy predator. It was, you know, drinking beers. and you Too know, many beers, yeah. Yeah, too, too many beers. But it's a crime of violence. And so in jury selection, the prosecution asks the prospective jurors questions. Then I get to ask the prospective jurors questions. And then we get to select the people that will be on the jury. So the idea there is to make sure you have a fair and impartial jury. And I kept getting drawn to this one woman. And I had this really strange feeling about her, and I'm looking at her, and all of a sudden I feel a female energy taking form behind her. There's a spirit associated with her who's coming through. Well, I'm in court. You know, this is not the <laughs> ideal time for this to be happening. Right, you don't want to and, tell her about it in the middle of the... <laughs> no, and, and I'm getting this, this tightening sensation around my throat, which indicated that the spirit had some type of breathing issue prior to passing. So I asked her, juror number nine, have you or has anyone in your family ever been the victim of a violent crime? All of a sudden, tears just like shoot out of her eyes. And she looks at me and she says, last year my sister was in a foreign country when an escaped mental patient strangled her, dismembered her body and threw her in a dumpster like Uh, garbage. Oh, my god! And I'm standing there and like everyone's looking at me like, (laughs) Mark, do something. My clients clients look at me like, dude, (laughs) like, what are you doing? And if you want to find out what happens, yeah, we have to read you your book. Have to read the book because, well, it, it, it's you know because people always ask me, well, how do you combine the two? And I can't really think of a of a better example than that one. And literally, there I was with a foot in each world, <laughs> a foot here in the material world in my role as an attorney, and my foot in the spiritual realm where this female spirit, this woman's sister desperately needed to convey a message oh. to her. And, of course, you know, it happens in open court, which is not, you know, <laughs> the easiest environment for this to deal in. And, and, and so all I'm thinking when this is going on is, they didn't teach me in law school how to deal with this. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're going to have to go, and this is a great reason why somebody would want to pick up your book and find out the rest of the story. Mark Anthony, you are wonderful. We will tell people to take a look at this wonderful book, which I have in my hand, Never Letting Go. 
Heal Grief with help from the other side. And Mark, why don't you just give your website and then we'll have to say goodbye. It's neverlettinggo.com. I made it easy, just like the title of the book, neverlettinggo.com. Thank you, and to all your listeners, God bless you. Um, Amen. Aho. Namaste. I just think you're great, Mari, and keep up the great work. Okay, and we'll talk again. You're great, too, Mark. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com. And may you have peace in your life. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.